So this morning, if you're new with us, um, we, about every 12 months, every January, we remind ourselves who we are as a community, uh, and we look forward to the year to come. Uh, we look forward to who, is God, who God is calling us to become and what He is asking us to put our hands to. And so Ben and I are excited to share a few things that have been bubbling up inside of Renew through conversations, through house church meetings, um, through, through emails with elders, and just these rumblings that we continue to sort of hear this resonance with. And so we're excited because it seems as if the Spirit is stirring, stirring some good mischief in our community in 2018. And so as if you've been with Renew for more than 12 months, you've probably heard this metaphor of we want to be a church of pipes and not buckets. The idea that we want to be be a conduit of God's love, not just people that fill up and it stops with the filling up of ourselves. Or said differently, we're not the end users of the good news. We are people that share the good news. And uh, I want to share a brief plumbing story with you this morning. A few weeks ago, my shower stopped draining, and uh, if, if has that ever happened to anyone? A few, okay, a couple of us, and it can. It, it's one of those things that creates a, a sense of uh, fear, frustration. Like you can feel the, like your wallet kind of jingling in the back because you know it's about to get broken. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is that if I actually take a step and look back honestly. The shower was kind of not draining well for a few months. That's kind of an interesting thing about plumbing is it never really just happens one and done. It's like things sort of back up over time. And so, of course, uh, because I own a wrench and a snake, uh, I was able to try to do this myself. And so it took what happened is after three hours of the water finally draining out, uh, I was able to go in the next day into the pipes. Anyone ever spent time around the pipes in your house? It's not fun ever. It's gross. Um, I have like real weak gag reflex stuff. I didn't keep a lot down that day. Um, And so I slowly started taking off sections and it's an old house and the trap that they had when I took a picture and and sent it, went to the professional plumbing store. The guy looked at me and he's like, I've never seen that before. I'm like, great. He's like, you may want to change that. I'm like, well, that's going to cost me a lot of money. So no. And um, it was one of those things that was really interesting. I ended up having to get a wrench because all the pipes were basically like froze together because they're old. And so I had to spray it down with all this stuff and I got this wrench and I like all my might. And then my, my cousin brought over a pipe that I could put on the back of this wrench and it just apparently with the lever you can move the world. Well, I was able to move this pipe. And it was just this miraculous thing and I finally get the snake into this part and I'm like working this thing and it's like it just hit a wall. I'm like that's got to be this clock. And like... It was just this amazing thing. As soon as that thing went through the clog and was able to clear out the pipe, it's like to run that shower and to not have your water sitting at your feet, it was like a miracle, a plumbing miracle from a guy who is not a plumber. And so with some elbow grease, some frustration, and maybe a few words spoken in my head that I would not want to say here, it was cool to see this clog come out and to watch stuff just drain. To see a pipe cleared of this obstruction. It was super gross, but it was super necessary for the pipe to do its job. And so here is the truth about plumbing. Clogs are rarely a one-time large event. 
Every once in a while, a kid flushes a Lego down the toilet, but for the most part, it's just constant use. And it's small, it's bit by bit, that bunches together over time, and sometimes it's in the small amounts that we forget to pay attention to the actual flow. But over time, as we see, it turns into this huge mess. And so, Renew, this is our vision for the year. I want us to imagine a community whose pipes are unclogged, that the life-giving love of Jesus pours into us, it pours through us as a church family, and then pours out of us to a world that desperately needs it. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to encourage you and invite you to open up to John chapter 21. I'm going to ask that you stand for the reading of the gospel. And here, this is what it says. Uh, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. And feed my lambs, Jesus said. And Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, said Jesus. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. That Jesus asked him the question a third time, and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You may be seated. So after three years of following Jesus uh, and participating in ministry, seeing miracles happen in, in front of his hand, leading the disciples, confessing Jesus as Lord, being all in with his time and money and everything, leaving his job behind and following Jesus with passion. When things got hairy, he run, Peter runs away. And this story happens right after Peter denies Christ three times. This happens right after Jesus is dead, buried, and raised again from the dead. And so it's interesting to think about the connection between this passage and the passage that we read in house church last week of the Luke 5, where Peter leaves the fishing nets to follow Jesus, and now in his despair and in his frustration and in his sin, he goes back to fishing. And in his failure or his denial or maybe even in his confession, the problem is, is Peter doesn't know Jesus. And so Jesus asked Peter these very incisive questions. He asked this specifically incisive question, and he asked it three times. And I've sat with couples who have asked the same question after deep betrayal. The, Do you love me? Will you continue with this? Those are hard moments. These are, this kind of question is the one that cuts us open and shakes us to our core because Jesus is concerned with the desire and affections of Peter's heart. And I believe that Jesus is asking us this morning that same question, do we love him and do we trust him? Because when we get our relationship right with Jesus, and what I mean by right is, I, what I don't mean by right is perfectly executed with all of our T's crossed and I's dotted. But when our hearts and our desire and our affection are pointed at Jesus, that's what I mean when I say right relationship. When we stand in our belovedness, understanding that Jesus loves us first, that is the platform for us to be people that share the good news. 
Jesus' love unclogs Peter's heart. And so when it all comes down to it, the question of following Jesus is not how much did you do over the years, how long have you prayed, but do you love me? And this is the tension between the spirit of religion which lives inside of this church and the other churches within North America and the freedom of relationship. See, religion is another checklist. It's, it's rule following. It is where we feel trapped in the cycle of guilt and shame. And relationship is actually what we are made for as followers of the true living God. Because we're made in His image, and the image of God is this image of a Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Spirit, in perfect relationship with one another. And we were designed from the core of who we are, every cell, to be in relationship with God. That's who we are. That's the image bearing that we have been invited into by God our Creator. And so, if we're designed in that way, the the spirit of of relationship looks like freedom, and it only comes through Jesus. And so, Renew, we have a lot of great things happening in the life of our church. As you just take a look at the, the handout, the blue handout, you will find amazing ways for us to be involved and to take our growth and our maturity in Christ seriously and to have opportunities to do that. But may they never be merely religious activities. And so our desire for 2018 is that we would engage, that you would engage with us to be formed in a loving, life-giving relationship with Jesus, with one another, and with the world around us. Simply ask the question that has been ringing in my head is what if 2018 was the year we fell in love with Jesus as a community? And this passage is the most pointed lesson in discipleship that I'm still trying to learn. It is beyond the will you follow me, which is a right question, but this question hits even harder. Do you love me? Now both are important, but that question of love, where is my heart's desire, is one that hits hard. And so this morning I want us to think about three specific areas of growth and love in 2018. And they are our relationship with God, our relationship with the people of Renew, and our relationship with our neighbors. And so when we specifically think about our relationship with God, the word that we use a lot that you've heard in church is the word worship. And so according to Webster's Dictionary of 1828, uh, worship is, this is the definition, to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. And so when we worship, we remind ourselves that God is at the center and the most important of all of our life, not us. It is the recalibration of our hearts and of our minds and of our souls to the truth that God is worthy of all of our affection and praise because He is God. Our singing, our giving, our reading, our loving, and our dancing, our emotions. Loving God is a holistic, all-body experience with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, and our strength. And our relationship with God is formed in this subversive act that we call worship. And my friends, it is super subversive for us in the culture in which we live because you 
have been told and I have been told and we are continually conditioned to believe that we are at the center of our universe and that has never been the case. And when we live in a way where I am at the center of my universe, my universe stinks and it's way too small. But when I live with God at the center of my universe, the one that my praise and affection is moving towards, there is health and wholeness and love. And things just seem to pour out and leak out in ways that we never experienced before. And so Renew, I want to challenge us to grow in our worship, not just in our singing, but I want to get to that in a second. We need to grow in our submission to Jesus. And that is expressed in a few ways that we're looking at this year, but summed up, it's real simple, to pay attention to God and to respond appropriately. When was the last time you were in tears over the goodness of God? I'm convinced that we need to give God more access, that if we are people of worship, even if we're the most stoic, hardened folks, tears become our friends because something changes within our hearts and it begins to break us and mold us into the person of Jesus. And so I'm convinced that we need to give God more access as a worshiping community. As we engage and proclaim who God is in song, that trains our hearts. I love the way Steve introed this morning, and thank you for calling it the 7-Eleven songs, like the seven words 11 times over, because there's something about repeating something over and over again. The fact that I didn't tell my wife one time, I love you and I'm committed to you, but that is a continual statement that I make on a daily basis, trains my heart. The fact that we say words, I love you, over and over and over and over again, it almost like tells your heart to fake it until you make it. And it is such an important place for us to spend our time and attention. And so some real easy ways. I want us to grow in our worship through song. I want us to grow worshiping as we engage in scripture. That is a beautiful way for us to understand God's heart for us, who God is, is discovered as we look at scripture. And so I love that we have people within our community who are just digging into the scripture. Peggy Busby is leading a group of scripture diggers and they're going through stuff on a monthly basis. Cindy Gerhardt is leading groups of just, she knows more, if you wanna know about the Bible, don't ask me, talk to Cindy, okay? She'll be able to give you much more than I will. Dave, wanting to run through this, let's read the gospel in 40 days. Let's read all four gospels and see how God messes with our hearts. The upper room. My friends, the list goes on and on. Our house churches, we are centered around Scripture because that's where we begin to know not just the Bible. And that's not our goal. It's not to know the Bible. It's to know the God behind the Bible. I love that we have families who have committed to reading through the entirety of Scripture because they recognize the importance. And let me tell you, if there are other families that are willing to do it, talk to the ones that already did it because there's some really difficult conversations you're gonna have to have with your kids about sex and some really weird things. The other place I really sense we need to grow and open is, is our, we have to open our hearts up to the Holy Spirit and learning to listen to God in very practical way through prayer. And so are we spending time, am I spending time listening to the Spirit by slowing down, by putting things away, and by just being quiet? Friends, if you want to learn how to pray, show up at a Tuesday night at the Culp's house. And I think you'll be surprised because prayer is probably not what you anticipated when you walk through the door. 
but it's about cultivating that love, worshiping relationship with the Father. And when we can do that, we learn to listen well. And so if you haven't been there, I want to challenge you this year. Renew, if you, if you are sitting here and you want to grow in prayer, show up on a Tuesday night. Show up on a Tuesday night. And so will you grow with us this year as a worshiping community? And so as we think about the second piece, this idea of growing our relationships with inside of Renew, with the church family called Renew, these relationships are intricate because we know that we cannot grow alone. We must see that community is messy and necessary for our continual growth. Following Jesus has never been a solo sport. And so healthy community, as we've talked about before, it's not the absence of mess, but it's the presence of Jesus in the midst of our messes. And so this is what healthy community looks like, friends. It's centered on Jesus. It demonstrates selfless love. It does no harm. It tries its best to do no harm. It's made out of people who wouldn't naturally spend time together. It has rhythms and rituals that shape and form us for mission. And we share values together. What does toxic community look like? Probably our political systems at the moment. A serious, serious lack of joy, loss of trust, addiction to being right, busyness, complacency, consumers turned inward, competitive, longevity, or longevity and entitlement, and unresolved conflict. I would love to see Renew in three ways, to be a safe place to say no. My friends, somehow we need to get past the idea that God will love me more if I say yes to every little thing that comes along, but we need to learn to say no. That's why I Sabbath. That's why Ben and I Sabbath on days of the week, and when you call, if we don't answer, it's probably because we're on Sabbath. We say no to set up boundaries to say God is at the center of this, not Ben and I. But to learn to say no. It's a safe place also to say yes and make spiritual decisions. That you are not required in this place to be a cynic or hater or doubter. We need to make space for people's awkwardness of growth. And it can be awkward at times. And the third thing is we need to be a safe place where sin is confessed. That we are a community that we, that we belong to where we're known for who we are and we're still loved. To confess and be loved enough to see change happen. My friends, this is one of the main reasons why Renew is committed to this weird thing called house church. It's a place where we see these healthy relationships form around the person of Jesus. It's where we sit in circles facing one another with coffee in one hand and tissues in the other. And the truth is there are enough churches in our area and we are blessed to be in a community with some beautifully strong churches. However, we did not set out and we still do not set out to be a church. Our heart was and is to be fresh expressions and fresh extensions of God's kingdom. And that is the strength and the beauty of our house church. It's messy, it's hard, kids run around, but something happens in those spaces and in those moments that deeply shapes and challenges and changes us because it's not just a place to come and listen, but it's come and engage. And so we know that we would never be able to see Renew grow and continue to pay attention to God without our house church shepherds. I just want to take a moment. If you're a house church shepherd, can you stand just where you are? If you're a shepherd, please stand. 
And I just want to just take a moment and just thank you uh, and cheer for you for like helping us pay attention to Jesus. And I'm going to pray for you. So thank you for what you guys are doing. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I ask that in this year uh, that our house churches would continue to grow. And Lord, some of our house churches are in that, that awkward space where we're, 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 we're big enough to grow, but we're not ready to multiply. We don't know what that would look like. So I pray that you give us courage and vision. And Lord, I thank you for our shepherds. And God, we ask for more of them. We ask that you would stir up in this community more folks that are just longing to shepherd this community well. Thank you. May you bless them in all that they do. Amen. And so as we think about the house churches and the ways that they have really shaped us, and that is one of our big spaces to see relationships grow in our community, there's just a few other real particular ways that I want to call us to better, deeper relationships within the body of Christ, the larger gathering. That we would learn to be able to hear one another, that we would be quick to listen. That we'd be a community that embodies and proclaims hope in the midst of our conversations especially in our political conversations, that we would call Jesus Lord and not our political affiliations, that we would begin to see our lives as these deeply interconnected pieces. And one thing that is super important for us, that is, that is the adults of the community would pay attention and see our children as important parts of this kingdom experiment that we call Renew that maybe we would learn something from them by joining in with their dance and joy as we sing to the Lord. And so Renew, if you, call, if you call Renew home, I want to invite you to participate in the life of the church this year by being intentional about our relationships and to embody grace with one another. And thirdly and lastly, and the one that I'm really excited about is to see our lives poured out to our community our relationships specifically towards people that are not yet in the seats around us. Since Renew's inception, it, sent a, it sensed a calling to be a church that messed with and reoriented and ruined inaccurate views of what they thought church and God were like, to give them an accurate view of what church and God could actually be like. And this is the truth. Unless the church of Jesus can learn to seek God in radically different ways, all we will do in the next 50 years is learn to manage the decline of the Western church. But this is why we at Renew want to continue to trust the Spirit with these new kingdom experiments and learn to take risks for the sake of our King. Um, a few months ago, th this has not happened often to me, but a few months ago I was praying with, with some folks uh, at an elder meeting and uh, the Lord gave me this vision, like this thing that just got seared into my brain. And it was one of these moments where I was sitting there, and, and it's, it's like I just showed up at a hospital, and Jesus was standing at the hospital. We're in the triage, and if any of you have ever been in a triage, it's like crazy. I mean, there's people running around, and there's like bandages, arms being put back on. There's operations. It's just wild. And I'm like, wow, Jesus, this is like amazing. What, like, what am I doing with this? He's like, let me show you something else. So we walk down to this dark place. And it's like I can barely see, but I'm looking down, and it's just this dark place, and, and I kind of, we're feeling around, and, and Jesus hits a light on. And I look into this, through this window, and there's this empty nursery. It's just empty. Like all these beds, these little tiny beds, and no babies. 
And I'm just sitting there, and, and I'm like, my heart just started to break for my neighbors, for the guys that I play hockey with, for the people that I am in contact with on a daily basis who have yet to hear, to hear the good news of Jesus. And so as I, as I sensed that conversation with Jesus and just that moment in that vision, Renew, I sense we need to get after being a people that, being a church that has a booming nursery to invite people into relationship with Jesus. And we have some really practical ways to do that. One of the first ways I want to invite you all is, Ben, can we get that announcement back up at the Boys and Girls Club? If you want to see the kingdom come and lives radically changed, consider joining the Boys and Girls Club in this year. Join with me. Join with, the, there's a few others that have already chatted about they're doing this. They're going to give it the next few months. Some, some people are going to give a day a month, but they want to be invested in having relationship with kids that need not only Jesus, they need adults that are positive in their life. And to have an opportunity to do that, church, this was an invitation that happened right over there that if we don't respond to, we're foolish. Another opportunity that we have to join with Jesus in these practical nursery experiences to join in with community dinner. I sat with the community dinner team on Wednesday, and it was a hoot. But what I noticed is they embodied what they hope. Everyone brought something to eat. They all hung out. We had salads. And it was this beautiful moment. But what I loved is they longed to continue to have not just meals out there, but to develop a spiritual community where they are beginning to talk about Jesus with the people that show up there. My friends, if you have not been there, you need to come. It is wild and super amazing. But it is a great opportunity for us as a community to enter into spaces where people may be far from Jesus and to learn how to love and be present and to be gracious in conversations. We've talked all the time uh, at this church, and one of the things that I love, missionaries, or to make uh, the O'Donnells more comfortable, workers cleverly disguised as stay-at-home moms and dads and people that, you know, fix cars and, and chefs and all these different things, but really I want to make it even simpler. What if this was a year we were missionaries cleverly disguised as friends? And we looked at our friendships and we invested our time and our energy and our prayer into those friendships with folks who are far from Jesus. And lastly, a really great practical way for us that has just bubbled up in the last few weeks is Renew is looking to launch uh, with the Gerhards an, uh, an opportunity for an alpha course, uh, which for those of you that don't know, talk to the Gerhards about it, but it's a place for us to invite people into spiritual conversations around the person of Jesus in a way that is not uh, threatening or difficult, but just honest conversations about what it means to follow God. And so it is an amazing opportunity for us to jump in and to follow Jesus into the community that is around us. And so Renew, JR's charge to us last week was this, that we would leak Jesus, that we wouldn't just leak, that we would have a longing to see the love of Jesus multiplying with new followers who are falling in love with Jesus, the same Jesus that we know and love. And so this morning, we were, when we come to the table... There's obviously, uh, for those of you in the back, you probably didn't notice, but there's no tablecloth on here. Uh, the first Sunday we met in this space, uh, back in June of 2011, when we came back, we were at Margine's for a while, 
uh, we, we put all these name cards. It says, I'm praying for, and we had all these blank. There's a bunch of blank ones left. And we spent time that morning writing names of people that we were praying for that we would hope would come into relationship with Jesus. And what I love is every single time we come to the table, we gather around a table that actually represents names that God cares about, that he loves, that he longs to be in relationship with. And a lot of us don't know it because the tablecloth sits on top of it. But this is what I know to be true about Jesus. He has a heart and a passion for the world, and he calls us to proclaim that to every space in which we live. And that doesn't just mean being good preachers. It means being missionaries cleverly disguised as friends. It means coming in in the good times and the bad times, learning how to dance and celebrate, learning how to cry and weep with our friends. But as we come to the table this morning, we're not just coming with ourselves. And, I, you know, some of us are here as I look through some of these names. I remember writing these names. And some of them have had radical God moments and some of them have not. But what I want to challenge us to is as we come, as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, as we receive the grace, may we be shaped to remember that we don't just receive it, but we then turn and we share it. And so my friends, this morning, some of us need to hear the good news that God loves you. Your hearts may be clogged, but the Lord is here to open up your heart this morning to have his love flood in. He is here and he longs to be in relationship with you. And we begin by unclogging our hearts towards God by confessing his goodness, seeking forgiveness of our sins, and joining with him. Some of us need to grow in our love and affection. We have become stale and stagnant and clogged and that is easy for many of us to do. And so I invite you to take a step towards Jesus and fall in love with him in 2018. Some of us in this room have clogged relationships with others and we need to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. And lastly, some of us sense the Spirit's invitation to a kingdom experiment, to a risk, to begin to trust God and share Jesus with our friends or to get involved in some of these opportunities that we have. And so as I said earlier, church, renew. Would you imagine with me a community whose pipes are unclogged, that the life-giving love of Jesus pours into us, pours through us as a church family, and pours out of us to a world that desperately needs it? Will you join us this year? I want to close with this passage that I believe really sums up the prayer that we need to be praying for one another in this season. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, whom from every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. 
To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen.